Well, good morning. We uh, are able to be together today to celebrate the good news of Christmas, to be reminded of the truth of what Christmas is all about and how it gives us hope and life. And we need to be, continue to be reminded of this truth today, and we're going to do that by looking at a story in the Gospel of Luke that happened soon after the birth of Jesus that we just celebrated yesterday. So we're going to look at Luke 2, 22 through 38, and I'll read that for us now. You can follow along your order of worship or just listen as I read. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it be revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he seen the Lord's Christ. And he came into the Spirit, and came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to his custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, from the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up to that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is God's word, and it's given to us for our good. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for the chance we have now to reflect upon your word. We thank you for your spirit that is present in this story and is present when your word is preached and is present in all of our lives now. And I pray that your spirit will help us hear what we need to hear to encourage us, to strengthen us, to give us hope. In your holy name, amen. So many years ago now, uh, our grandparents, the grandparents gave our family an amazing gift. Our family of six was given season tickets to Six Flags Great America. And I vividly remember when the gift was given to us, I was so excited. I think I was the most excited of our whole family. I love roller coasters. I grew up going to Six Flags, and I was so excited to be able to go again. But I was also very excited because I knew what this meant for my kids. They had no idea of how awesome of a gift this was. They had no idea of how fun it will be that we can keep going back throughout the year to this great amusement park. And I tried to explain to my kids how awesome this gift was, but honestly, I don't think they bought it. In fact, my youngest daughter, Lucy, had this look on her face like, the gift might be great, but what about today? What do I get to play with? now. I was thinking about that story in regards to what we just celebrated the last couple of days. To many, Christmas is a wonderful time of family and good food and celebration and gifts 
and it is. It's awesome. To many in our world, Christmas and that Jesus was born is something that you reflect upon for a couple days, maybe a couple weeks, but then you go back to your day-to-day lives. To many of us, and I definitely feel this way, we truly don't believe or understand how awesome and lasting the gift of Christmas, the gift of the incarnation is for our lives. The fact that Jesus came has a lasting impact in our lives. We don't understand this lasting joy or celebration of this gift. And we don't live in light of this amazing gift that we have been given. And this is also true of the season of Advent that we've just wrapped up. For four weeks, we as a church were anticipating and longing for and being reminded that Jesus came. But Advent is also a time when we need to look forward to the time when he is going to come again and make all things right. So the hope of Advent and the celebration of Christmas and the gift of the incarnation has amazing power and significance and hope for our day-to-day lives. And that is why I love this story that we get to reflect upon today in Luke. This story that I just read of the interaction of Joseph and Mary with these two elderly folks in the temple is a good reminder of how good of a gift Christmas is for us. So let me just set the stage of where we are in the lives of these new parents, Mary and Joseph. It's been around 40 days since the birth of Jesus. This young couple has barely recovered from their forced journey to Bethlehem, from the frantic search of finding a place to give birth, from the very birth itself and the miraculous events with the angels and the shepherds coming and the singing in glory. And now this event that Luke is recording here in Luke's gospel happens in the temple, I believe, to deepen and confirm the significance of this birth to this young couple. It is my hope that we today can have an understanding of the birth of Jesus be deepened and confirmed through this story as well. Whether this story is a new story to you or an old story, whether you have been following Jesus for a long time or you're still in process of figuring out who Jesus is, my hope is that this story will give us the significance to celebrate and know how it affects our day-to-day lives. So as I already said, Mary and Joseph are in the temple. And they come across these two elderly folks waiting for them to appear. Now we're going to spend most of our time discussing and looking at how Simeon and the parents interact. But there are obvious parallels between Simeon and Anna in this story that Luke is telling us. Both Simeon and Anna are commended for their worship and piety. Both are clearly devoted to God. Both are anticipating the coming of redemption. And both have faith that God would do what he promised to do. And both of them respond in praise to God for what he has done. Luke here is basically giving us the male and female counterparts that represent expectant Israel and the longing for the recognition of Jesus in God's redemptive plan. Simeon and Anna give us a great picture of what it looks like to recognize Jesus, to believe the amazing gift that Jesus is for us. And these two faithful followers of God have been waiting a long time for this child to appear. In verse 26, it says that Simeon was promised he would not die before he saw the Lord's Christ. And so each day, he went into the temple waiting to see if the promise would come true. In verse 37, it says the widow Anna worshipped in the temple day and night waiting for this moment. Depending on the math, she either waited 70 or 80 years for this to happen. Now think about that for a moment. Years 
and years and years they waited. You wonder what folks in the temple thought about these two. You wonder if there were times if they began to doubt if it was going to actually happen. You wonder if they were struggling to wait. They were human, so yes, they had to have times when they questioned and doubted and wondered. Waiting is hard. There are many examples just in our congregation that I know of, of you that are waiting, and I know there are many more examples as well. Some of you have been waiting for a long time to be with family. Some of you thought maybe this Christmas would be the Christmas you can go and be with your family. And then all the cases rose, and you have to wait again, perhaps for another year. Some of you, I know, are waiting for a new job or for clarity about your future, and it is a very anxious and stressful time right now for you. Some of you are waiting for the adoption to happen, and you don't like how long it is taking. Some of you long for the seasonal depression, for the mental illness, for the school anxiety that you feel to go away. You wait, and you wait, and you wait, and nothing seems to change. The last two years have been miserable for many of us. We keep waiting for this virus to be gone. We keep waiting for the violence in our city to decrease. We keep waiting and hoping for the political chaos and the division that we see throughout our country to end. And it is hard to wait. Some of you perhaps have been waiting for God to show up. Whether you call yourself a Christian or not, you don't feel God. You don't experience God. You feel numb or confused or unsure if God is real or cares for you. How many of us have just given up hope? How many of us have stopped waiting because it's too hard? And let's be honest, how does a story about Simeon and Anna affect us in our waiting? How does a story about babies being held up by Simeon before he dies give us any hope in our waiting today? Well, think about what Simeon was waiting for. Verse 25 says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, which means he was waiting for the promised comforter, the one that God said would come alongside and console his people in times of trial and tribulation. Simeon was waiting for God to deliver his people. He was waiting for God to do what he promised to do, to come alongside and comfort those in need. And Simeon had not given up hope that God would complete his promise. So he lived in light of that hope even as he waited day in and day out. And then one day, that day that probably began like every day for Simeon, he goes in the temple to pray and to wait and to worship and everything changed when that couple came in with the child. At long last, the waiting was over. The promise was fulfilled. The doubts were erased. The consolation of Israel had come, and he got to witness it with his own eyes. And so he takes this child in his arms, and he lifts Jesus up in praise to God, saying, Lord, now you are letting my servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared in the presence of all people a light of revelation for Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. With the Prince of Peace in his arms, he found peace deep in his soul. Salvation has come, a light in the darkness. Salvation is found for all in this child. This is such an amazing truth to see 
and to believe. This is such an amazing song of salvation to sing. The song of Simeon, the song of salvation, means that this offer is not inclusive just to certain people, but it is open to all. The song of salvation is offered to everyone, even those we don't think deserve it, because none of us deserve it. The song of salvation is a light of revelation to anyone who believes. So how does this help us? How does the fact that Simeon was promised he would see this child before he dies help you and me in our day-to-day waiting and struggles and hardships? This has been what I've thought about a lot this week, reflecting on this passage. And I do think this old man holding up this child before he dies can be a great hope for us in our struggles. I believe this is not only a great story to read upon and reflect upon in this season, but it's a great story to claim as truth of the hope and the peace and the comfort that we can have, and we do have. I mean, first of all, what we can cling to and believe is that the same God who promised Simeon that he would not die before he saw the child is the same God who has never broken a promise to any of us. There are many promises of God that we can point to in Scripture to encourage us today, but let me just talk about one amazing promise related to the season of Christmas that we are in. In the birth of Jesus, recorded in the Gospels, there are various names that are given to him, and one of the names he is called is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Now think about that promise alone, that God promises to be with us in our lives. Holidays are very hard for many people. This time of joy and celebration is often for some a time of loneliness and pain and despair. Some of you, this is the first Christmas without a loved one that you lost this year. Some of you still have that pain and that suffering that you're going through because of a loss of someone you deeply love. And it makes this season hard. Some of you feel rejected or that there's no one there in this time, in this season. And there is not an easy answer to the pain that some of you might be feeling right now. There's not a quick Bible verse or prayer that I can give you to make it all better. If you feel lonely, if you feel like in despair, if you feel like no one gets what you're going through, I'm truly sorry. The pain is real, and it is hard, and it is relenting for some of you. But if the scriptures are to be believed, then God promises he is there with you right now in the pain. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't see it, even if you don't experience it like you want, God is with you. Some of you, I know, are apathetic towards God right now or frustrated with God right now or angry with God right now because he doesn't seem to do what you want him to do and you're not sure what's going on. Some of you are maybe beginning to question, why do you keep coming back to church? Why do you keep believing? Why do you keep calling yourself a Christian when it just looks like the world is so chaotic and messy? Some of us are not sure if we can go forward in our faith because of the frustration and the hurt we feel. And again, there's no easy answers. There's no quick prayer. There's no Bible verse I can make it all go away. But if the scriptures are to be believed, then God not only is there in our doubts and questions, God longs for us to come to him with our doubts and our questions and our fears and our angers. 
God promises to listen to our cries. God promises to be there in the midst of our struggles and our doubts and our pain. God is with us. These are the promises I have to cling to in my life when I struggle. These are the promises I need to try to believe when I try to be a pastor to many of you in your pain and struggles. And I have to believe that God has to show up and make this work in our lives because if it's up to us, we cannot do it. If it's up to us to find the faith to be able to live our lives in this painful world, we're all going to fail miserably. One of the things that I don't think I ever noticed before this week working on this passage was how intentional Luke is in making sure we see how God is moving in his life. Simeon is not the hero of this story. We don't look at the story just to try to be more like Simeon. Yes, he is a great example of a man of faith. Anna is a great example of a woman of faith. But we look to these stories to see how God works in and through these men and women, and just like he does for you and me. Verse 25, it says the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. Verse 26, it says the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon he would not die before he saw the Christ And in verse 27, the Holy Spirit moves Simeon to enter into the temple at the exact moment that Mary and Joseph walked in. The Spirit works to fulfill what the Spirit has promised. The Spirit works in and through us to fulfill what the Spirit promises to do. And so for any of us that are followers of Jesus today, we have that same Spirit that can move in our lives and reveal to us the truth of who Jesus is. This is what the scriptures say the Holy Spirit does. This is what Jesus himself and the gospels say that the Holy Spirit does. He points us to the promises of God. He points us to his son, Jesus. The promises that Simeon had that the Old Testament lesson was all about came true, and the Spirit pointed that to Simeon like the Spirit does for us. Our New Testament reading in Ephesians had these words of truth for you and me today that he came and preached peace to those that were far and to those that were near. For through him we all have access in one spirit to the Father. May we believe that the spirit is present in our lives to allow us to sing and to celebrate this great song of salvation like Simeon did. And may we also believe that the Spirit is in our lives today, like Anna, to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are searching for redemption. May we believe that the Spirit comes and the light of revelation always comes to those that don't deserve it, because that is every single person in the world. And may we hold on to the hope that this light shines in the darkness, even if we can't see it always. And may we believe that God has called us to sing this song of salvation and to promote the story of salvation just like these two elderly folks did in the temple. And may we believe that we have the Holy Spirit to allow us to be able to do these very things God has called us to do. I want to close our time with just a recent update from one of the missionaries that we just recently started supporting I was sent their support letter and their update on how they're doing this week, and it moved me to read their story, and I just want to briefly share with you about missionaries that we as a congregation are partnering with in South Korea. Jonathan and Joy Lee began doing missionary work in China, and they were in China, and they were doing some great work. It was fruitful. They were beginning to build relationships while they were learning the language. And in January 2020, they went to a conference in Malaysia. 
and the virus struck. And they weren't able to get back to China. For 18 months, they tried desperately to go back to their home, to the place where they were beginning ministry, to all their stuff. And they could never get back in because the border was closed. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And then the Lord opened up a door for them to go to South Korea and start a brand new work there. And so a couple months ago, they moved to South Korea with their two young children. And they have none of their stuff still from China. It's still there. So they're all alone in this country trying to start a brand new ministry with the virus still affecting them. I am so thankful that we as a church get to partner with them. I'm so thankful that we get to support them in prayer and financially. It is good for us. And they encourage me so much in their update this week. In all the chaos they're going through, like so many of us are, in the world that we're living in now, these are the words that they said that give us hope. They said, despite the unending pandemic chaos, let us hold on to the everlasting hope that is revealed to us and to your neighbor and to the unreached through us. Their hope that they have is in the unending hope of God, and that hope is the song we get to sing to others in our world that isn't broken and lost. We live in a hard, difficult world right now, but we can have hope, the hope of resurrection, the hope of the incarnation, the hope of the light shining in the darkness. And may we believe this to be true because of what we celebrated yesterday. The hope of salvation has come, and may we believe it and share it with others. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your hope. We thank you for your gospel. We thank you for the truth that you are the light of the world. And may we believe that now and as we go forward in this service and as we continue to live our lives and according to your word and your gospel. In your name, amen. We please stand. Before we join together in this meal, let us spend a few moments to greet one another. But the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Lift up your hearts. Let us greet one another with the peace of Christ.